Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen, amen. Hey, good morning, everybody. Great to have you out this morning. Thanks for coming on a Labor Day weekend. We are so blessed that you're here. A little different weekend last year. Just want to let you, uh, last year, maybe <laughs> last week, want to let you guys know that we had to make some decisions based on the storm and so your safety first. But want to encourage you to go back and watch the stream. Anytime that you miss, you're out, you're on vacation, not feeling good, you can log on online or go back and watch it. So always appreciate the opportunity for that. Thanks for coming out today. Um, just a few minutes, going to make a couple of comments on hurricane relief and we're going to pray over it all. But let me give you a couple of announcements. Want to let you know it is mission. Sunday today. And so all the proceeds from our missions offering at the end, as well as breakfast and lunch, I want to encourage you guys to engage in all that. Um, I, I tell you what, the, there's a great lunch out there, pulled pork sandwiches and sides, and, and it's great to know that all the monies, that, see all the cost of the food has been already donated. So everything is pure profit and it goes, amen. What a blessing that is. So it all goes to hurricane relief. So you can take advantage of that and, and grab some to go if you hadn't planned on eating today or maybe you wanna put it in the refrigerator and eat it tonight or something like that. It's for a great cause. So take advantage of that. Everything today goes, it is missions, but it will go towards hurricane relief. And so again, you can see that on your way out. Take advantage of that. I want to let you know a couple other things coming up. Next week, we're kicking off a new series. If you were here over Easter, we took a survey. Just wanted to let, uh, give you guys a chance to let us know kind of what are the things that you're wanting to hear. You know, when you look at the parables in Scripture, Jesus spoke the parables in response to questions from his followers or people around him. And so we wanted to follow the same model and get some feedback from y'all. And what is it that you're heavy on your heart? What are you interested in? And so we're kicking off that series starting next Sunday. So bring people with you. And we're calling it You Asked For It. <laughs> so be careful what you ask for. No, I'm just kidding. And so we're going to take the top four vote getters. And the number one vote getter we're going to start with next week was how to deal with stress. Isn't that interesting? 365 people responded. The rest of them were too stressed to do that. And so, uh, <laughs> and so that was the number one answer. Number two goes along with it, but I thought maybe if I do number two first, we won't have to do number one. And number two is how to deal with difficult people. So I thought if we flip that, we won't have to actually address number one right there. Okay. And then following that, the next week is a spiritual warfare, which kind of covers all that, and then spiritual gifts. So you asked for it. So for the next four weeks, bring some people with you. Great topics. The Bible has a lot to say on all those topics, and we want to pull out God's principles so we can walk by him. Amen? So come out. We're kicking that off next week. Speaking of new series on Wednesday night, we just wrapped up the summer, and so we're back on track with a regular schedule, and we're going to do a series on Wednesday nights called uh, The Holy Spirit. So a great person in our life, the Holy Spirit needs to be our best friend. We need to know about him, learn about him, a lot of misinformation about him. So come for Wednesday nights and be a part of that series. It's going to be fantastic. And, and, and want to let you know also, last week, we kicked off our community group link, or your opportunity to connect with community groups. So let me just tell you real quick how important groups are. I shared on that last week, but that's how we get connected and do life together. Discipleship happens there. Accountability happens there. Care for one another happens there. Really, all the things that you look for in the main service that really the main service isn't designed to give you are found in those groups. 
And that's why people sometimes get dissatisfied with the main service because they want all that activity happening, but God designed it in scripture for it to happen in small group context. So community groups are out there. Those are groups that'll meet geographically. They're located where you live and they last from eight to 12 months, giving you a chance to really build a family, a community. And then also, uh, and so you can see the group leaders out there. There's several of them that have filled up. So they're filling up quick. So get out there and get signed up. And then life groups, which are eight to 12 weeks based on common interests kick off this week and you can go online and find all the life groups and there's some computers out there that you can look as well someone will assist you in that so we got to get connected amen we're stronger and better together so I just want to encourage you in that uh, community group signups are out there with the people and life groups you can go online and then uh, you saw growth track started today so you can jump in at any time and be blessed by that also want to let you know our series we're kicking, uh, wrapping up rather is I Love Tree. So the staff got together and designed an I Love Tree sticker. And so, yeah, it's pretty exciting. A little nervous because I don't know if some of you should put it on your car. I'm just to be honest with you. It's not going on my family's cars. I know how my daughters drive. And uh, so if you put it on there, the Lord is watching you, okay? So be generous, let people in, don't cut them off, all that kind of stuff. All right, so lots of stuff you can use that for there and be a blessing to you. Now, real quick, okay, so obviously uh, a lot of, uh, I don't know if any of us don't know anybody that's not been affected by Hurricane Harvey. And something rose up inside of me during that time that uh, we were singing that song in Spanish. And can I tell you, I love the Spanish songs, by the way. I don't know what they mean, but I love them. I love them. <clears throat> I don't know, the anointings there. I've seen some of the biggest words of my life on the screen, right? Incomparable or something like that, I, I, incomparable, I, I don't know. And so I sing along with what I can read and pronunciate. I sing in English if I know the words. And most of the time I sing in the Holy Spirit because I can't tell if that's really Spanish or English or what, my heavenly language. So anyway, all those are good. And, uh, but when it said, you know, the name above all names, I thought about this. I said, that's right, Jesus is the name above Harvey. Come on, I mean, that might seem a little silly. Unless you've been, been impacted by Harvey, right? It probably doesn't, but come on. Jesus is the name above. And so we have the name above all names. We're coming together as the church, being the light, being the hope, being the help, amen. So we're mobilizing here at Tree. You can see the things that we're asking you to bring as we're gathering resources. You can go to our website, see through our social media things. We're asking you to bring some things. Now, we had taken a little time to make sure that we were purposeful and intentional with our participation. We wanna be very strategic. We wanna know where those goods are distributed. We want to know how they're distributed. We want to make sure we're connecting with churches. So we're connecting with local churches because not only, and, I, and all the, the help is good if you know where it's going. So don't get me wrong. And I'll share a little bit more about this in the context of my message. But I want to know not only is someone getting a bottle of water, but they're getting introduced to the living water. Who's Jesus? Amen. I, I think there's things that we can do and partner with churches that'll help not only bring help and assistance to people, but also that will bring the light and love of Jesus while it's happening. And so uh, that's just kind of my heart. We're partnering with the church in Victoria and with one in Houston to get resources to. We know what their needs are. We're gonna mobilize manpower at a later date. We'll let you know about that. All the monies that you give and so into that for hurricane relief will go to those churches and what they're doing. Because I believe if we can help get those churches that's on the ground in their area, know the people affected, know what the needs are. If we can help them get back on their feet, they can be a haven of, of hope and help, amen? And so we are really going to work with our brothers and sisters down there in those areas that have been impacted. So you can bring all that stuff with you and you can give into the relief fund by giving through our giving portal and, and the drop down box would be Hurricane Harvey and all that will go to the relief. So I want to let you know that one of the greatest things that we can do, we're going to do here in just a moment is pray. 
And so let's be diligent, church, not only in our help and our assistance, but in our prayers. Because we all know, we've seen it, we've had people here that were affected by Hurricane Katrina, by Ike, and all the things that happened that after a period of time, it's not the number one news story. It's not out there all the time. And if we don't have someone that's personally involved, we, we get back in life. And, but can I tell you that every day for, oh, every day we should be praying for all those affected by Hurricane Harvey and, and be lifting that up, amen? Amen. So let's make sure we're doing that as a church and as individuals. But right now, before we move on to the message, let's stand to our feet. I always think we can engage a little better on our feet. I know you've been up. You'll get to sit back down for a while. Let's stand to our feet. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's join our faith together. Let's declare that Jesus is the name above all names, including Harvey. And let's extend our faith into the recovery relief efforts that are happening. Father, we come to you full of expectation and full of faith that you are the name above all names. In fact, the scripture says you set, you exalted your son to the highest place. You gave him the name of the highest place, Father God. And so in Jesus' name, we declare, Father God, life will be saved and protected. The most important thing is the life, Father God. And I know reading that there's like 160 billion in damages, but Father God, not one dollar, not 160 billion dollars is worth more than one life. And so we pray for protection and safety over lives in Jesus' name. We pray, Father God, those that perhaps are stranded, those that are still, uh, Lord, need to be rescued or lost, be found. Uh, the hidden things be revealed, Father God, in Jesus' Jesus' name, through the brave men and women that are bringing forth rescue efforts. We pray for first responders and all those that are interacting with people. We know the conditions, Father God, of the water and of things with chemicals and things are unhealthy. We pray health and protection roundabout people. And Father God, even perhaps if those are not operating wisely, we pray for mercy on their behalf, Father God, that you surround them with a hedge of protection. You bring healing, health, restoration, wholeness, Father God, to them. We pray for resources. We call in, Father God, in Jesus' name, an abundant supply of resources. You, Father God, are the one who meets needs according to your riches and glory. You are a source and provider. So we declare, Father God, an abundant supply of resources to help people. And Father God, even though it seems like the storm has, has moved past in summer, God, physically, there's still things that remain for sure. But Father God, we pray for the storm within people to be calmed in Jesus' name. Because we know there's fear. We know there's hurt. We know there's loss. There's suffering. There's depression. There's discouragement. There's disappointment, Father God. But we pray in Jesus' name that the light shines. We pray hope rises. We pray, Father God, God, that the life, love, and power of Jesus is revealed, and in the midst of this darkness, that your light has an opportunity to shine like never before. We pray for the church to rise up and be the church. It is not a building. It is a people, Father God, that rises up out of the waters, Father God, to help and, and assist, Father God, those in need. We pray, Father God, that you are not the cause, but you are the answer, and that people see that. And we thank you, Father God, for our part that we have to play, and that we have to participate with churches and people, Father God. We just ask you, order our steps. And we ask all this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. You guys can be seated. Amen. Praise the Lord. God's faithful. So just appreciate, guys, your participation and being involved, connected with us. A lot of opportunity out there to be a tree of life to lost and hurting world. We're wrapping up a series, as I said, a series that we called I Love Tree. It was in my heart. Talk about these things as we just celebrated 36 years and we entered into a new season of year 37, a new season of fall harvest, new opportunities for the church. Uh, I wanted to bring a series, or felt the Lord impressed in my heart, to, to cast some vision, who, who we are as a church. So those that have called Tree Life home, you can grab a hold of the vision and lock in with us and help move it forward. For those of you that are newer, you'll hear it and, 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 get, and get that vision in your heart. And for those that are visiting, you'll get to hear about Tree Life. And I would encourage you, even if this is your first Sunday, go back and listen to the last three so you can get a picture of 
who we are. For time's sake, I, I don't want to go back and review, but I definitely want to encourage you to go back and listen to the, the other three installments to get a, a clear picture, again, of your church and so how you can be supportive and be involved. Now, my title this morning is, I love Tree because we serve. And so serving is a big part of who we are as Christians. Now, I got to tell you, there was a little wrestling within me about bringing this message today because I know it can be misunderstood. I, I want to make sure today that you don't hear me and from a recruiting standpoint and making a pitch to get people to get signed up. And, and there's times that we need to do that. In fact, you got an insert when you came in listing the needs in the areas. But my intent is not to have a recruiting message. But I also wanted to be careful that I didn't hit work so hard that you think that uh, I'm, I'm talking about works getting into heaven and you have to do this. Can I tell you the only way that you get into heaven is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not earned. It's not by works. You can't be good enough. You can't pay for your own sin. So let's just eliminate that idea of what I say today. Don't attach it to me saying that it takes works to achieve salvation. That is not the case. And so I want to be very clear on that. So kind of walk in a couple fine lines a little bit this morning, but I want you to hear the heart behind the why. Why do we serve? And you've heard me say this before if you've been here any length of time, that really we do need help. A growing church always is going to need some help in different areas of ministry. But really, for you to serve in areas of ministry around here, it really isn't for us. We're better with you, but it's really for you. Because you're here on the planet for a reason, with gifts, abilities for a reason. And then I wrestled with, I need to talk about, we are the body, and we're all different body parts, and a hand, and a foot, and the eye, and the mouth, and the nose, and we all have different gifts and abilities, and we come together, and if you're not operating, if you're the hand, and you're not operating and connected with the body, then the body uh, lacks something, and then you do as well. And, and I, I could have gone that way and, and worked a little bit on that, but really what was in my heart is to look at this idea in the scripture that talks about really the reason behind uh, serving or the heart behind serving. Now, God created us in a way, obviously, with gifts and abilities for a reason, to connect with people, to serve, and to help reach people. That's really uh, why he did that. But he also created us in a way that when we serve or when we help other people, we really meet the greatest needs within us. In fact, in the different research that I've done and reading articles and listening to different people and stuff, if you study Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it ends with the highest level being a level of transcendence, and that is beyond yourself, living beyond yourself, living for someone else. That's been scientifically proven to be the highest level of need, living for others. And then when you connect it to a God who can do more than you ask, hope, or think, you've just taken everything to a whole nother level. And so I want to look at some of, the, some of the things the scripture has to say about why we do what we do. So let's start in 2 Corinthians 5 this morning, because I want us to understand that the Lord wants us to live our lives intentionally. He created us in a way to accomplish and do something in conjunction with other people so something greater than ourselves can be accomplished, and he wants us to live with intentionality. So let's take a look. 2 Corinthians 5.10, here's what it says. For we must all appear, hold on to the word all for me, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now, let me explain the scripture. Now, if you go on at the last part of the scripture, it's very clear that it's talking when it says the word all, it's talking to the believers. It's not talking to all of humanity. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, 
whether good or bad. So there are two judgments. I don't know if you know this or not, but let me explain it to you. The first one's the great white throne judgment, which all of humanity will appear before the, the Lord and a books will be opened, the Lamb's Book of Life. And the Bible says that if your name is written in the book, then you've said yes to Jesus as Savior and Lord, then you go to heaven. If your name is not written in the book, then you don't have the second judgment. And can I tell you, and I'll explain the word judgment in a moment, you want to have both? <laughs> because the alternative to not having your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, the great white throne judgment is then you have not received Christ and therefore you end up where you don't want to end up in hell. If you do have Jesus as Savior and Lord, then you will stand before Jesus and another judgment, which is called, if we could put that back up there, please, we, it's called the judgment seat of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ. Now, let me explain this to you for a second because I want to make it very clear. The first judgment, the great white throne judgment, is for everyone, and it is about your salvation. It's God asking, what did you do with my son, Jesus? The second one is asking, what did you do with what I gave you then? Because once you pass the first one, and I'm telling you, hey, I'm such a good guy, I'm letting you know how to pass these tests. I'm giving you all the answers ahead of time. Just want you to know that. So once you pass the first one and you get before the judgment seat of Christ, we have some problems here because we do not like the word judgment. Because judgment in our mind has a bad connotation to it. And we think it's about the judge standing in front of us with a big gavel and pronouncing sentence on us. And sentence in a sense being punishment. Here's your punishment. It's not that at all. When you study that word judgment in this context or this passage of scripture, it literally refers to as a judge here means literally like you were in a competition. Let me give it to you this way, like the Olympics. Every time the athletes compete in the Olympics, there are judges. Not everything is just you finished first. There's a lot of competitions that who did the best. They accomplished something. And so this word judgment basically is Christ is on, on the seat judging how we did how we did things on the earth. What did we do with what he gave us? In, in a sense, it's not this bad thing because in the Olympics, if somebody, uh, uh, is the judges deem them to have performed better than somebody else, they don't all say, that's not fair, they just didn't like me. The judges, didn't, the judges don't even know them. They don't like me, that's not fair, they just didn't like me. Personality conflict or whatever, I don't have the advantage. They all stand around and applaud. You know what, great job, man, you really did a good job. And can I tell you, that's the way it'll be in heaven. We're gonna stand before the judgment seat of Jesus and he's gonna reward us based on what we did here on the planet. And let's just be honest, there's some people, can I think of some people that I'm gonna say, man, good job, man, you did great. That's awesome, good call on that one, Jesus. Give that man a gold medal, that's awesome. Give her, the lady that worked every day, every week in the, in the nursery, give her three gold medals. I mean, the changing the diaper, give her, uh, give her all of them. It's just, we're gonna just stand there and Jesus is just gonna be rewarding people for things that they did on the planet. Those who don't get a medal sometimes will be like, that's just not fair, and can I tell you that in heaven, everything's fair. <laughs> well, go on, I'll explain it more in a little bit. Romans 14, 10b says this, for we will stand, we will all stand before God's judgment seat. And then it goes on to say, so then each of us, now listen, then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. It's gonna be looked at, what we did is gonna be looked at. We're gonna go through things in our, in our life and, and, and what did we do and how did we serve and how did we give and those things are gonna be looked at and our lives are given a, an account for us. And, and now again, some of you think it's not fair and let me say this, can I say I think it's because our society comes across with this entitlement mentality. 
I mean, I, I, can I tell you, when I, was, when I was a kid and we played all the sports, my parents had us in all the sports, they coached everything. Can I tell you, when I was a kid, I got a trophy because I won something, not because I showed up. Can I tell you? I got a trophy because I actually accomplished something. I did something good. I got a sticker on my helmet for doing something good. I didn't just get, you chewed more bubble gum on the bench than anybody sticker. I mean, I did, I did, and so we've created this. But understand that, that God is gonna reward us. You did great, you did awesome. I gave you this or that, or you had this or that, and you did stuff for me. You did what I was asking you to do. You did things, you served, you gave, and that's what it's gonna look like. Listen, God is a blesser. You need to understand that. God is a blesser, God is a rewarder, and it's all throughout the Bible. You see that throughout the whole Bible. Matthew 16, 27 says this, for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will, what's that word? He will reward each person according to what they have done. He'll reward according to what they've done. And if you look at that word reward, it means in the original language or Greek, to be paid back in wages for that which you've done. To be paid back in wages for that which you've done. That means it's an actual, physical, literal reward. Now, I don't know what that looks like in heaven, but if God says they're there, I want some. Because eternity is a whole lot longer than this vapor of a life on the planet. And if it says I can store up treasures or I can get rewards in heaven for eternity, I don't know what they're needed for, but apparently they're going to be given out. Can I get some of that? And so it's going to be according to what I do with what I have here on the planet. And so now most of us would say, you know, he doesn't need to do that. You know, I just love him. I want to be in his presence. And really heaven is enough. And can I tell you, that's the right heart, but that's not going to change the fact he's going to reward people. It's not going to change the fact that he wants to bless people. It's great that you have that heart, and I'm thankful, and you should have that heart. I'm going to be glad to get in heaven. He's still going to reward people. He's a rewarder. He's a blesser. It's what he does. And you know, honestly, it's no, no different than how we do our kids. You know, I, I mean, I, I look at my kids, and I got, I'm, I'm blessed with two beautiful kids, and great, gifted, and talented, and, and uh, the other day, Callie, uh, we, we were at home, and all of a sudden, there's like, we came home from work, and all this stuff, and Callie's cooking dinner, and I looked at Jessamy, and I said, what is she doing? And she's like, I don't know, let's not bother her so she can keep doing it. And so it's like, she had got recipes, she went to the store, she cooked a meal, she was ready, she had dessert for later, the whole thing, and then I was a little worried. I'm like, Jessamy, what does she want? And she's like, I don't know, what did she do? And I'm like, I don't know. And so we're like, Callie's everything okay? She's like, yeah, I just, just on my heart to do this. We've been so busy lately. You've been so busy lately. Just, wanna, just wanted to do it, just to be a blessing. And can I tell you, yeah, I can't say that was a blessing. I wanted to, I wanted to man, I wanted to buy her something. That's amazing. And can I tell you, I love my children equally, but I didn't bless Camry because of what Callie did. I didn't. I love Camry as much as I love Callie, but I didn't bless Camry because of what Ka- Callie did. And the same when Camry does stuff, I don't bless Callie because of what Camry does. Are you getting the picture here? It's based on what we do here. Now, God loves us all equally. He loves us all. But he is a rewarder. 
and he's gonna bless things according to what we do here. So you need to know this, Hebrews 11:6 six says, God is a rewarder, he loves to reward, he wants to bless. And the New Testament even ends at the end of the, the New Testament in, in Revelation 22, 12, it ends with this concept, it says this, look, I'm coming, here's Jesus saying, look, I, and I love this, I'm gonna put a lot of emotion because I think it was this way, look, I'm coming soon, my reward's with me, and I'm gonna give it to each person according to what they've done. Look, I'm coming, and I can't wait to reward you, so I'm bringing it with me. I'm so excited to reward you. I love you. I've been waiting a long time. I'm going to bring it with me. I'm not even going to wait for you. I'm coming. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they've done. Jesus is so excited to reward his children that says that he can't wait. He's going to bring it and give it to you. He's going to bring it with them, but not equally. Understand that. Not equally, but according to what each person has done. And now when we're in heaven, we won't think, well, that's unfair. We'll applaud everyone. And we won't be complaining. We won't be griping because there's none of that in heaven. It's not in heaven. So we won't get our feelings hurt or cry or whatever that is. But now remember when I said I don't want anyone to misunderstand me. Again, this is not a works-based teaching. You don't work your way into heaven. This is a reward teaching. Because heaven is not through works, it's through Jesus. Just want to make that very clear again. And you need to know if you've received Jesus, you're in. But works are important. But not for Jesus or heaven. God doesn't need your works. The world does. Let me say that again. God doesn't need your works. The lost and hurting world does. The world needs us to do that. God needs us to do that here on the planet. He needs us to respond in ways that we can when hurricanes come through. He needs us to respond in ways that we can with under-resourced. He needs us to serve and help in, in things like children's ministry. And he needs us to do that. Our works aren't, aren't necessarily that God needs them, but he needs us to do that for what's happening here on the planet. We don't need him to get into heaven. He needs his kids to help people. And so it's not so he'll love us more. Can you, can, do you know he, he can't love you anymore? He's, the greatest expression of love has already been given. He can't love you anymore. He can't love you any less. So we don't do it to get to heaven. We, we do it to do what he's asked us to do here on the earth. So how do you know if you're keeping your heart right? Because that's really what it boils down. How do I know if my motives are pure, my heart's right? Now let's take a look at some tests. So I'm gonna give you a couple of tests that you can tell if you're getting your heart right, if you're doing the right thing the right way. Let's start with 1 Corinthians 3.12. Here's what it says. 1 Corinthians 3.12, if anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, can we go back for just a second? These are building materials. It's obvious that these aren't all the same, right? If you build a house of gold, it's not the same as building a house of straw. So they're not all the same. Not all these materials are the same. So how do we test them? How do we know if we're doing the right thing the right way? Well, then it goes on to tell us that. The next verse, it says their work will be shown for what it is. There's a test. Because the day, capital D, when Jesus returns, or we're before him, will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. So there is, there is tests, things that we know that we can do to test what our motivation is and things that will make it last. And so there's different things that we're going to look at. How do we test it so we can get it right? The first test is this. There's a test of relationship. A test of relationship. This is why did you do the work? Was it for the reward or did you do it because you're in love with Jesus? So can I tell you that Callie, when she came and did that, and we believe, we believe that she did it just because she loved us. 
Now there's, there's times and things that maybe something's done to get something or whatever, but this one, we, we knew that she had a pure heart in that, that we knew that she did. Just because she loved mom, I just want to do it because I love you. Can I tell you, that's a, one of the greatest things, just because we love you, Jesus, I'm going to do this. Just because I love you, I'm going to do this. I, I don't, maybe, it's inconvenient to me, I, it's not my favorite thing to do, but, but I love you, and so I'm going to do this because I love you. Revelation 2, 2 through 4 says this, I know your deeds, this is speaking to the church, I know your deeds, you're working hard, you're doing a lot of stuff, and your perseverance, you're you're not giving up, you're keeping going, you've faced endured hardships for my name, and you've not grown weary, man, you're, you're working hard for me, yet I hold this against you, you have forsaken the love you had at first, it's speaking to them about their first love, Jesus, it's like, man, you're doing all these things, but you're not doing it because you love me. Man, you're working hard, you're doing great stuff, but make sure your motivation is that I'm doing this because I love Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that I get to do this, I love you. You're not doing it out of your love for anything else other than Jesus, and he's saying, I need you to come back to that. The first test is, why do you serve in the nursery? Because you like to change diapers? No, I love Jesus, (laughs) can I tell you that? Why do you serve in the cafe? I don't know, I gotta be there before anybody else is there, I gotta stay late, I gotta clean up a bunch of stuff. Because you love flipping burgers? No, because I love Jesus. Why do you serve in the parking lot? Because can I tell you, in the summertime, it's really hot. Can I tell you, when it rains, they still need to be in the parking lot. Because you love just being outdoors? No, because I love Jesus. Why do you sing in the choir? Because I love Jesus. Why do you give to missions? I love Jesus. Why do you give to hurricane relief? I love Jesus. It's a test of where our heart is, what our motivation is, because we love Jesus. Let me give the second test. It's kind of similar to the first one. It's the test of motive. What is your motive? Why are you doing it? Is it because you think God's going to give you something back? Is it because you think God's going to give you something back? And and let me use this example, and I've used this before because it just so frustrates me, and maybe something God has to work out in me. The other night, I just couldn't sleep, so I got up and turned on late-night Christian TV. I know I'm going to have to just get rid of my TV and uh, because they just can't keep doing that. And there was a person on there and they were saying that the Lord told them that the first 62, 62 people that gave us so the seed of $1,000, God will like eliminate their debt or whatever. And can I tell you, I don't even see that in the Bible. I'm a tither, God takes care of me. He opens the window of heaven. He rebukes the devourer for my sake, amen. He doesn't let my fall from the vine for his time. He gives back into me good measure, pressure. Can I tell you, I, I don't see that in the, in the Bible, and it just so frustrates me because it creates within believers give to get. Give to get. Can I tell you that's not the right motivation? God's going to reward you because he set it up that way. He's a blesser. But your motivation isn't to get something back in return. That's not what motivates us. And so I, I, got, to think, I got to thinking, what if you're number 63? I'm sorry, sir, you're number 63. God's not going to do anything for you. Keep your money. <laughs> I was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> Give that to the local church, can I tell you? And the tithe, bring it into your storehouse and God will take care of you. Just just saying, all right. Excessive motive, Matthew 6, one through four says this. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets. To be honored by others, truly I tell you, they'll have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand's doing so that your giving may be in secret, then your father who sees what is done in secret will what? 
rewards you. You want God's reward, not man's reward, because what this says is if you're serving or doing something to be seen by man, look at me, look how much I care, look how much I'm doing here. I'm, getting, I'm trying to get recognition, I'm trying to get noticed. Can I tell you, then that's the only reward you will get. That pat on the back, man, you're a good guy. Atta boy, good job. You better enjoy that and milk it for all it's worth because you're not, that's all you're getting according to the scripture. Because your motive. So the test of motive. So be mindful of that because that's all you'll get. But we want God's blessing. God gifts me, he blesses me, prospers me, he rewards me so I can do for him. Uh, test number three, the test of love. Again, these are all very similar. When we do what we do, do we think of the other person receiving? Do we think of the person on the other end? See, we don't serve here. I, I hope, let me say it this way. I hope you don't serve here because you feel like some kind of pastor guilt trip. That's not my heart. If that's what's coming across, then forgive me. That's not my intent. I don't want to give anybody a guilt trip to serve or give. But I believe we serve here not because of any kind of pastoral guilt trip. I believe we serve and treat kids because the seven-year-old there whose parents are divorcing and they need somebody to talk to and pray with them. I believe we serve in the parking lot for the single mom that's got three kids and an armload of stuff to get in and needs someone to help her park and get out of her car, get into the building, and greeters there to help take her to get her kids checked in, and then usher to help find a seat. I believe we serve because we love that single mom and want to create an environment where she can come and be refreshed. I believe we serve in the cafe so we can create a place where people not only can just easily get food and support missions, but so they can sit out there in the gathering place perhaps and meet other families. Build some relationships, fellowship one with another, encourage one another, and support, support something good because we love the people on the other end, because we love meeting people. I believe people serve as life group leaders, and I hope everybody does, so they can open up their home, not to be inconvenienced with people twice a month or every week or whatever that is, but so people can come and find a refuge and a shelter and build relationships and they can have iron sharpens iron moments so they can have accountability so people can pray for them and speak in their life and they can speak into other people's lives. I believe they open up their homes because of that other family, not for them. Look, I'm a life group leader, look at my nice house. I believe they open up homes, I believe older couples open up their homes to younger couples uh, that are married and struggling in life because they've walked through a lot of tests and trials and they can speak. They love young couples so much that they want to help them navigate the pitfalls and challenges of marriage. I believe because of the person on the other end of what we're doing. Amen? We give a bottle of water out and because that person on the other end has lost everything or whatever that looks like and whatever scenario that you wanna paint and, and you wanna picture it as. I believe that the singer or the musician comes because of the people that are gonna come, not to showcase their talents because they don't know the things that everybody's walking through with all the people in here this morning, but they do know there's people that got bad reports from the doctor. They do know there's people that just lost loved ones. They do know there's people that, that, that just had a fight with their spouse on the way here and that their child has ran away they do know they got a notice from the bank. They do know they just lost their job and they need someone to help them enter into worship. So you can come and sing about the name that's greater than any other name. So when you have no hope and when you can't even stand up and lift your head, you can sing about the name above all other names and have your spirit lifted. That's what I believe because we love the person on the other end. That's why we serve. That's our motivation, that's how, that's how we test, why are we doing what we're doing? And let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, three, here's what it says, Paul says this, if I give all my possessions to the poor and I give my body over to hardship, if I can do serve, give, serve, give, that I may boast but do not have love, it is for nothing. If it's not out of love, it's for nothing. 
So we need to be people of love. Because without love, it does not pass the test. Test number four, the test of eternity. The test of eternity. And I've already established it's not for you to get into heaven. But I want us to understand that not all acts of kindness are the same. And I, I think we should all be doing acts of kindness. But I think we need to be mindful. I think we need to be strategic in our acts of kindness. And we need to help and serve wherever we can, and we certainly do that. But I think we need to be mindful of eternity. We should take our acts of kindness as much as we possibly can and connect them to eternity. We need to be strategic. Even in hurricane assistance. Again, even if we're distributing money, we're, that's why we're working with churches because we want, we want someone's house cleaned out, but we want them to know that there's a God in heaven that loves them. We want them to be introduced. We want to pray for them. We want them, the, the churches there that are in, 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 on ground zero that know the needs to be able to bring hope and help and let the people know that God is a good God and a faithful God and he didn't bring this tragedy or calamity on people. He can help them through it. We, we need our acts of kindness, if it's possible, our works, our, our service to have eternity attached to it. Because again, if someone has a clean house that's restored and put back together and doesn't have Jesus, they can still die and go to hell. And not everybody's gonna say yes based on what we do, but we're gonna give our best effort. And we're gonna serve them. Hopefully we'll serve them into heaven, amen? And we don't want them just to have the things, we want them to have Jesus. Luke 16, nine through 10 says this, I tell you, use worldly wealth, use your skills, use your abilities, use your, uh, your gifts and your talents to gain friends for yourself so that when it's gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. It means use your influence, use your gifting, use your serving, use your resources to serve people, to make an impact in their life. Verse 10 says, so whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with little will be dishonest with much. So understand that you've been gifted, you have abilities, talents for a reason, and that is to serve and make a difference in people's lives. So, I wanna be that church. I love tree because we serve. I wanna be that church that serves, that knows what it means to serve with the right heart. I wanna be that church that has great services. I wanna be that church that has anointed praise and worship. I wanna be that church that has a relevant word from the word. I wanna be that church that ministers to our kids from zero to 18 and beyond. I wanna be that church that connects with marriages and. I'll be that church that, that, that has life groups and gives people the opportunity to do life together. I'll be that church that, that is connected with a family life center that helps people that are under-resourced. I want to be that church that goes and helps with hurricane assistance, all that. I, but I want to do more than that. I, I want to be that church as having to add classrooms and has people to, to, to serve there because we're growing. I'll be the church that can open up all the classrooms that we have because we have plenty of people serving. I'm gonna be the church that has outreaches in the communities that you live in because 50% of our congregation does not live in New Braunfels. I'm gonna be the church that has people serving in the communities that you live in, connecting people to Jesus, being a tree left to lost and hurting world. I'm gonna be a church that builds churches in, in, in Mexico and builds churches in India where they've never heard the gospel and people are getting saved and they need a church to come worship in. I wanna be that church and I know none of it's easy. I know it's not easy to serve. I know it's hard to serve. It's hard when you go to a church and they, because of their growth, they have to ask you to go to a, dis, a different service. 
It's hard when they have to ask you, can you please second service people? Some of you go to first service because second service continues to grow and we have so many more visitors and this is the service they're gonna come to and we don't want them to not find a seat or a parking space. I know it's hard to say to a church to say, can you serve over in nursery or children's ministry or somewhere else or ushers, greeters because we're growing so much we can't meet the needs of our existing attendance, much less what we're growing. I know it's hard to hear that, but can I tell you, there lies our greatest joy. There lies our greatest joy, serving other people. And thereby storing up treasures in heaven for the life that is to come. We need to live our life moving things from here to eternity. Amen? And be that hope to this lost and hurting world, be that tree of life. I have one more scripture I wanna give you before we close, this is, struck me so powerful. Matthew 10, 42. <clears throat> Matthew 10, 42. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you that person will certainly not lose their reward. I love that. Seems I just kind of randomly threw that on at the end, but when I was studying, that just kept grabbing my heart. Something simple as a cup of water. What does it really speak to? Serving, serving. You don't have to serve right here on the stage. In fact, some of the most powerful serving happens when nobody else even knows about it. But God does, but God does. And he will reward you. He is a good and faithful God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. My heart, my hope today is to give you the why behind serving, not a recruiting thing, not a, a guilty obligation thing. I hope that didn't come across that way, but it is the joy of our life. And one day we will stand before the Lord and if we said yes to Jesus, then we'll get that second opportunity, that second test, and then he'll ask us, what did you do with what I gave you while you were there? And I believe, let it be said of all of us that we served. We blessed. We were blessed to be a blessing. We're a tree alive to a lost and hurting world. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.